0: what I'm going to tell you now what I'm going to admit to you now is something that may get my man card taken away from me <coughs> I still love sports um, I'm just a little tired that you know I watch basketball and and, and the games changed so much since I played and and I sit there and gripe about it and I never played football I enjoy football but honestly uh, until about this time of year I don't get too excited about it and even then not really too excited but sometimes in the morning and definitely in the evenings I find myself watching HGTV now I see some men shaking their heads. So we will take names afterwards. We'll have a group that meets in the back. Uh, HGTV Anonymous. Uh, but but I mean you know watching Good Bones with Karen and Mina and, and just watching them uh, do what they do and, and I love hometown with Aaron and Ben. They just they just seem like a couple that. I, I would really like to get to know. Brother versus brother with Jonathan and Drew or, or Love It or List It with uh, Hillary and David. But uh, if you watch these shows, what they do is they tear houses down. I mean, they rip them apart. They, they take sledgehammer. In fact, they get so excited. It's demo day. Even Chip Gaines, you know, does that. Down to the studs. This is exactly what we did in New Orleans. We, you know, we, we mucked houses is what they called it there because so much water had gotten in. And so, you know, everything was down to the studs. Well, that's what they do on these TV shows. They take them down to the studs. But when they're done, they are beautiful. I mean... I got I, I, some of the some of the color choices are not what I would have. You know, when when they paint a house purple, you know, I, I I just can't get into that. But the things that they do are just incredible. I I told you about going to Russia a few years ago, and uh, there was a, a gentleman who came to our services. His name was Vladimir. Vladimir. Uh, slept a lot uh he would come directly from work he was a welder by trade he would come directly uh, to the services and and after a hard day's work he was probably worn out and some of the other russians kind of fussed at him but i studied with him and he wanted to become a christian uh it was amazing um he we had to leave after being there for three weeks and and, I mean, we had to get up at four in the morning. Guess who was there to see us off? It was Vladimir. And he wrote me a letter um, and had one of the girls um, translate it, one of my translators translate it. And, and it's just it's just incredible when you read it. Um, I'm not going to read you the whole thing, uh, there were a couple guys from Alabama there. I was still living in northwest Arkansas. And uh, he said, I'm happy I met these guys from Alabama. Um, I'm, I'm going to forgive him for that. But, uh, but he said, um, I'll always pray for them, no matter how far they might be. And when my brother emerged to me, uh, he meant immersed, under the water, I was saying once and again, Let it be so for the name of the Father, for the name of the Son, and for the name of the Holy Spirit. The next day I got up early in the morning and felt sure of myself, but the main thing was that I felt, listen to this word he used, renovated. Let all my sins stay in the water. I'll begin New, pure, kind, and merciful life with Christ. God saved these guys from Alabama. I love you use that word renovated because Jesus takes our lives and he takes them all the way down to the studs and he totally and completely renovates them and he makes them beautiful. He'll transform them. And we have talked about this. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not something that happens just like that. It is a process. It is a lifetime. I used to travel in my job. I I loved it at the time. Uh, But I would be up early in the morning. In fact, one time, uh, I I didn't realize this, but, but, but Martha said to me, she said, you know, you were never at home. I said, I was at home. And I started thinking about it. Many days I would get up <clears throat> before the kids were awake. And I would go in and take a shower, and I would leave before even Martha was awake, for that matter. And I would work all day and do what I had to do, and sometimes I had things at night. And I'd come in at 9, 8 39, 9 30, sometimes even later than that, when everybody was in bed. But I slept in my own bed, and I thought, well, there I am. I'm, I'm home. But it wasn't the case. I enjoyed being out, and meeting people. I enjoyed the, the job. In fact, it was one of my favorite jobs. But there was something about being home. And I got to tell you, the older that I get, the more I like being at home. My dad was a college professor, and uh, so he was off a lot of times in the, in the summers. And so we would often pack the car, and off we'd go to Ohio where my grandparents lived. Both sets lived in, uh, one lived in, up near Bel Air, a little town called St. Joe, and the other lived out in the middle of nowhere, uh, not too far from Pomeroy, Ohio. And we would spend the entire summer up there. Now, looking back on that gives me a greater respect for my grandparents uh, for putting up with us for, uh, for an entire summer. But I remember coming back home. I, boy, this is just distinctly in my mind. I remember coming back home and opening the front door and walking down the hall to my room. that, That scene is vividly etched in my mind. And I remember thinking, I'm home. There's nothing wrong with the adventure and many of you like to travel and I admire you for that. I like to travel, but I like to come home. There's something about my bed. There's something about just being home. I was reading, uh, I forget who it was. Some guy said, uh, there are places you just are, you can set things down. And he said, they may be in your wife's way, but it's where you set things down. And when they come up missing, you go to the place where you set them down. That's kind of what we're talking about. Jesus told a parable. He told a parable of the sower. And you're very, very familiar with it. He said, a sower goes out, to sow seed. He goes out and he sows seed. And he says, some of it falls on the path, and some of it falls on the rocky, some of it falls on the good soil, and some of it falls on the thorns. And his apostles came to him afterwards and said, Lord, tell us the meaning of this. In fact, the the Bible says that Jesus often talked in parables. And and it was interesting because to get his his point across, I've had people come to me and say, you tell too many stories, not, not here, but in other preaching jobs. You tell too many stories. And I, I kind of laughed and thought, that's what Jesus did all the time. But anyway, he says, they, they come to him and they say, Lord, tell us about that. What does this mean? He said, well, you know, the seed that falls along the path it doesn't have any depth because people walk on it and trample it down and so the seed can't germinate and am this is my own version here i'm sure jesus didn't go into all the details but he said the birds ate it up and and so nothing and he said the next one was was on the rocky soil and 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 there wasn't much soil there so when it sprang up and the sun would come out, and it would just scorch it, and there would be nothing left. And then, then there was some that was, that was thrown, he says, on the good soil. And he said, it produced all kinds of crop. And you're saying, Jim, you left one out. Yeah, it's the fourth one up there, the thorns. He said, some people, some people have thorns in their lives. And he says, the worries and the riches and the pleasures of life choke it out. How many of you worry about things? How many of you, and I know, we're—we're, <laughs> we're, believe it or not, we're wealthy. But how many of us worry about money, the things that, that we have, or maybe the things that we don't have? How many of us worry about the pleasures of life? You see, home is where we go to be. To relax. To be ourselves. And and some people just worry all the time. That's not what home is. Some people's home is just a Place that's full of pressure and conflict. A few years ago, um, this has been a long time ago, I did a seminar with uh, Dr. Wayman Henson and, and Glenn Laird, a friend of mine. Uh, we did this seminar in Virginia. It was called The Pressure Cooker. And it was designed to talk to parents and their kids about that. <clears throat> That angst, that, that, that conflict that came between parents and their, and their teenagers. And so <clears throat> there was a group that I decided to, to do a little survey, and, and I had some fill-in-the-blank kind of things. And one of the questions that I asked was, I feel pressure when? And I had an underline, and they were supposed to fill the blank. And I'll never forget the response of one of the kids. He said, I feel pressure when I walk in the door. I think that's what happens to a lot of us. We feel pressure when we walk in the door. We feel pressure when we're home, when we really ought to be feeling the angst. Maybe we shouldn't feel the angst, I don't know. But home is where we belong. It's no wonder John wrote about being free from all the pressures of Roman rule and the end of persecution in Revelation when he said he will wipe every tear from their eye. And death will no longer exist and grief and crying and pain will exist no longer because the previous things have passed away. This is what he's calling us to. He's calling us out of a world of pressures and thorns. And he's calling us to a place where we can relax and be ourselves. You know what a down payment is? Many of you have bought a house and a down payment was needed. It's an initial payment of money when you're buying a house or even a car. And it's a guarantee that you're serious about what you're about to buy. I want you to listen to this. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He says, For we know that if our temporary earthly dwelling is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal dwelling. It's in heaven, not made with hands. Indeed, we groan in this body, desiring to put on our dwelling from heaven. Since we are clothed, we will not be found naked. Instead, we groan while we're in this tent, burdened as we are, because we do not want to be unclothed, but clothed so that mortality may be swallowed up by life. And the one who prepared us for this very purpose is God. Listen to what he says. Who gave us the Spirit as a down payment so we are always confident and know that while we are at home in the body we are away from the Lord for we walk by faith and not by sight we're confident and satisfied to be out of the body and at home with the Lord therefore whether we are at home or away we make it our aim to be pleasing him for we must all appear before the tribunal of Christ so that each may be repaid for what he has done in the body whether good or worthless he says god gave us a down payment he says you're not home yet but he said i'm going to i'm going to put the down payment which is the Holy Spirit. I want, to give him the, 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 I want to give the Holy Spirit to you, and I want you to realize that there's something better, that you're transforming your life, that you're getting ready to go somewhere else where there's not going to be the worries of life, where there's not going to be the things that are picking on you and bothering you and, and just always eating at you. I want you to realize as long as we're in this body, We are away from the Lord, he says. You see, God wants us to have an eternal perspective. Yes, we live in this life, and yes, we live in this world. That's why he warns us not to be tied to this world. But he says, what I want you to do is to understand that God has a place for you, and we are going to be transformed. I love what Kirby Anderson says in his book, Periscope. He says, perhaps you heard the statement that many of us spend our entire lives climbing the ladder of success only to find that it was leaning on the wrong wall. An eternal perspective provides guidance so that we don't spend our lives pursuing that which will not satisfy and simply fade away. It's why Paul said, therefore, we do not lose heart. I told you we keep coming back to my favorite passage. In fact, in Holman, it says, therefore, we do not give up. There are a lot of people out there, I think, who have given up. They've given up the, the, the hope. They've given up the prospect of eternity and they have said you know what I like where I am and they've quit living the way they should and Paul comes around and says you're not home yet therefore we do not lose heart though outwardly we are wasting away yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a glory that far outweighs them all. And so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary. And what is unseen is eternal.